you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. With me, sitting almost right next to me here, is uh, my dear friend, Kevin Robb. Good morning, Kevin Robb. What's going on with you? Good morning, my good friend, Doug Carragher, man. I love you. Thank you for this love opportunity. Yeah. Now, brother, what is your hymn? What is the What is the hymn that if you could have a hymn playing in the background of your life, what would it be? Mm, it would have to be... There's two. I am his and he is mine. I love the I love some of those deep yeah, you know, just heartfelt close things to God. I mean that that gives me comfort cuz I you know, you go through junk in life and yeah. I I'm just telling you that's times that I was the hound dog laying next to my master and Jesus yeah. just met with me. That's probably the biggest. Second is and can it be the doctrine and wonder of that song will never cease to amaze me. I should gain an interest in his blood. What in the world am I doing here interested in his blood talking about it today? What a wonder. I love that one, too. That one is pretty great. And uh, and can it be? We sang that not too long ago over at our church. And I uh, just love that God has hymn writers, and they do such a good job. So here we go, brother. The fourth grade. Now, remember, this is a fourth grade riddle. So if you have a fourth grader in your home or a fifth grader or th- maybe even a second grader, ask them this, and they have a better propensity of getting this than Kevin or I. I'm just, I'm just being upfront with you. Kevin and I, we probably, we don't have the same propensity they do. Let's just leave it at that. When preparing for the Feast of Weeks, what did some disciples wonder? So the Feast of Weeks was, um, that was not the Feast of Tabernacles. So the Feast of Weeks, um, they they wondered, um, uh <laughs> I I am clueless. Let the fourth graders teach us something here. When preparing for the Feast of Weeks, what did some disciples wonder? How much is this going to Pentecost? Ah. Pentecost. I don't... (laughs) Folks, again, man, don't don't be looking for... You know, don't don't be looking for the greatest of riddles here. They're done by fourth graders. You know, I think we've been we've been covering faithfully. Well, before I say that, let me say this: Camp Joy, Whitewater, Wisconsin, September 11th through September 15th. Sign up. Special music, special teaching starts at five o'clock on Monday night, ends after breakfast on Friday morning. You could really bail on Thursday night. We want you come. There's no more important time of the year, I think, for that for this than uh, that particular conference, especially if you are looking for help with PTSD or how to help others. And so we come to this phrase today, and the phrase is self-harm, self-injury, whatever you want to call it, hurting yourself. And uh, let me tell you, it's never God's will for God's children, for God's people, for us to hurt ourselves. As a matter of fact, uh, the Bible says, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So so God reminds us right away over there at the book of Corinthians, the first letter to the Corinthians, to the Corinth uh, church there. It says, hey, listen, 
Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Before you cut up your body, hurt your body, kill your body, put something on your body, stop what you're doing and remember that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. I had an old preacher one time that said, if you won't put it on your church, don't do it to your body. If you won't do it to your church building, don't do it to your body. Yeah. And and folks, I'm telling you, it's not there. We remember that old maniac of Gadara and always night and day, he was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Can I tell you something, folks? He didn't need to be crying and cutting himself stones. You know why he was doing that? Because he was possessed by a demon. He was the maniac of Gadara. He called himself a legion because there's a bunch of them. But you know what happened? He got right with God, gave his life, gave his soul, gave his body, gave everything to God. And the Bible says later on in Mark 5, and he was there next to the Lord. He was dressed and of a right mind. He was in the right place. You want to be in a right mind? You want to be in a right place? You want to be in a place where you won't hurt yourself? You need God. Mm. Yeah, hurting yourself is is the bottom of God's list of what a Christian ought to do uh, in their own life. You know, your character is what you are when you're alone, what you do when you're alone. So if you come up with this, you know, plan to hurt yourself because you just don't like your life or you don't like the way you look, I saw someone the other day that was the most tattooed person I think I ever saw. I shouldn't say that. I saw a guy that half of his head was tattooed like it was a skull, and that was freaky. But um, but uh, this, the, you know, you just see these things and you and you wonder what are they thinking? And you know, I can't judge each individual. We're not here to to uh, to to make the decision of what they're thinking. All right. I think we've had too much of that kind of stuff. Well, I tell you what, this, yeah, I wouldn't give you a nickel because they're all this. Well, we just don't know. But we know this there is a movement that Satan is doing. Again, it comes down to what is Satan's doing and how can we rescue someone from that? That's the first line of attack against somebody and, and what's keeping them from God. But when we talk to someone about the gospel, you know, what what is the movement? What movement are they being sucked into? Are they a victim of a movement? Have they been swayed by a movement? And, you know, the movement to to cover yourself with basically irremovable mark, this movement to, to just, you know, do the big murals and everything like that <sighs> stuff, and I'm going to put a sleeve on here, and I'm going to do this. What, what is it? It's really it's an overarching movement of Satan's hatred against the image of God that man carries with him. And the image of God is beautiful. And so what he has to do is speak to people, you're ugly, you're guilty, you've done all these things. Yeah, we've all done a bunch of junk. Maybe, you know, I am ugly when I look in the mirror sometimes. But you know what? There's other times where Satan speaks to me and says, you're wonderful. Look how good you are, man. You get better looking each day. You know, all those kind of things. And so he'll, he'll lift you up. Then he'll say, cast yourself down from the temple. And, uh, oh, you're, you're dirt, you're dirt, you're dirt. And when you are so low that uh, you can walk under a pregnant ant, you are just you know, you're ripe for making permanent decisions to hurt yourself. And that's not the mind of God. It's not the will of God that we should ever so be so filled with self-loathing to the point that we want to mar, you know, graffiti it. 
Yeah, yeah. And and God, certainly God loves all of us who've done things to our bodies. I saw a guy's ears yeah. hanging on the floor the other day. He had a 16-inch yep. ring or something like that. They had to add extra skin. He had these rings hanging down around his shoulders where he was tearing up his body. But you know what? God loves every one of us, and he loves our bodies. They're a temple of him. And, uh, you know, I love you are some real strong and special words. And I've been talking about the hymn, Jesus Loves Me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. And when you get that right, we're all looking for love in different places, aren't we? We're all looking for love. I mentioned that old song. We're all looking for love in all the wrong places. And we should be looking for love in God. And then he gives us, like Kevin was saying, he gives us this uh, look at ourselves, uh, you know, through God's eyes. And he said, man, your body, your life, don't injure it. Don't hurt it. Don't mess it up. I love it just the way it is. I love it so much that it's a temple of me. And folks, when we get that right, man, we start taking care of ourselves a little better and and mm-hmm. uh, and looking out for those things. We're in John chapter eight and uh, verse number twenty three through twenty seven, and uh, that's where we're going to be today. And he said unto them, "Ye are from beneath; I am from above. Ye are of this world; I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am He." ye shall die in your sins. Then said unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world of those things which I have heard of him. They understand not that he spake of them to the Father. So again, Jesus is still engaged in conversation uh, particularly these Jewish leaders, he's distinguishing himself again by saying, I'm not of this world. I'm not of this earth. I'm not what you guys are from. Again, he's talking about his divine origin. You know, I come from somewhere you guys didn't come from. I, you know, I, I am, I have a unique identity as the son of God. You guys can say whatever you want, do whatever you want, be whatever you want, but I am the Son of God, and uh, things are different. I have an authority. I come from a different place. And then once again, he keeps on. The thing I love about our Lord is we don't have to second guess what the deal is of salvation. We don't have to walk. I grew up where you're trying to go up steps. You're trying to light candles. You're trying, you're trying to do everything in the world to make people happy and to work your way to heaven. And Jesus over and over again saying, you're going to die in your sins. You know, it's a belief thing, folks. There's nothing, you know, get over whatever your thoughts are and go with God's thoughts on salvation because mm. that's the ones that are going to get us to heaven. God's plan is the plan we need to follow. Not our plan. God's plan is the one. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Jesus loves me this I know. Kevin, over and over again, God's connecting himself to the Father. He's connecting himself to this, this godliness that's going back to the beginning, breaking through their law, breaking through their rules, breaking through their customs, breaking through their pharisaical views. 
Mm. Yeah, these these passages in John are so full and rich of of I, you know I kind of call them conceptual statements where Jesus is is just talking and saying you're from beneath, I'm from above. I mean, there are things that you know so they're trying to wrap their mind around it. You know, what is he what is he talking about? And they said that several times he's Jews. So this is all part of this teaching, this lesson he was giving, this sermon he was giving in the treasury from the beginning of the chapter and uh, it was interrupted with the the bringing in the uh, the the woman taken in adultery, but it's still, I believe, in that setting, um, uh, spoken in the treasury, and um, as as he goes through these great concepts like above versus down below, dying prepared versus dying not prepared, you know, being ready for where Jesus goes versus not being ready, all these great concepts, you know, they're, they're it seems like when they do get it, they don't they resent it. And, um, and so he just kind of keeps going, and he doubles down on these people that are rejecting it. When he said in verse 24, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. That is, um, that's like he's, 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 he's passing a, he is passing judgment there. He's saying, you're going to die in your sins. And, you know, there comes a point where every person that we are trying to, you know, to, to, to bring the truth to bear of of their eternity and the love of God, that they need to recognize that this is the final option. I was talking to someone not long ago, and they were talking about something that you know uh, that they're going through. And I said, really, there's two paths going forward from here. And I laid the two paths out just very briefly. And you know what? The light came on. Jesus, the light of the world. The light came on, and they chose the right path. And I'm thankful for that. And for a lost person without Jesus Christ, you know, when we witness to them and we come at them from the standpoint, like, first of all, we've been talking about from the I'm not judging you, the word of God that I'm telling you tells you that you're a sinner. The word of God tells you that Jesus loves you and died for you in your place. The final, you know, you got to bring it down to the point of decision. There's two paths going forward. Do you want to go into eternity and die in your sins? Or do you want your sins separated from you because it cost Jesus his life's blood? That was the the detergent given and being offered. Do you want washed from your sins? Um, you know, there's a generation that is that is high, you know says they're righteous in their own eyes, but are not washed from their filthiness. Mm. And if you are not. If you are if you're that way, you're gonna die in your sins. So there comes a point where we say there's two paths going forward. One is that you're gonna go into eternity. And it, it, you know, I was reading the scriptures, Doug, in Numbers, there's a there's this is to me a fearful illustration of what I'm talking about. Korah in Numbers 16 was a high-minded person that felt they had they knew better than God. So they can't he gathered a bunch of people disgruntled. And appeared before Moses and said, Moses, we don't like what you're saying. We don't like how you're saying it. We think that you're full of yourself, and we just deny this message that you're giving. And uh, Moses called him into account and said, basically, these are there's two paths going forward, folks. You can either throw in with this message that God is not mean, does not mean what he says, and take your chances forever. Or in number sixteen, it says. Um, in uh let's see i want to quote a verse to you um 
in number 16, down in verse number 16, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and his goods. So all of his crowd, all of his family, a lot of people escaped. They chose the right path. Korah did not. So the, the fearful thing here, Doug, before I hand it back to you, is in at one moment in time, Korah is standing there with hands on his hips, I picture, or arms crossed, and saying, um, Moses, you don't know what you're talking about. We do. Step out of the way and let us make a path back to Egypt. And then, you know, they had their own little message. And Moses said, well, if you are going to choose that, I'm just telling you, you're not going to die the normal death. The earth's going to open up. And so from one moment of them, arms crossed, defying against God, to the next moment, they fell down. The Bible says they went quick into the pit. So they went alive into the heart of the earth, I believe. And it says that all the congregation fled at the cry of them. So that means one moment they were saying, who do you think they are? A millisecond later, they were screaming as they fell into hell. And, you know, if you're not prepared, you're going to die in your sins. And one moment, you're saying, I'll take my chances. One woman told me, I'm going to, when I see God, I've got a few things to tell him, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, one moment you'll be thinking that, but the next moment you'll scream and, um, and, and you'll be like the rich man in hell wishing for a drop of water. Yeah, and, and, you know, over and over again, here's God again saying, you guys have limited understanding. You're just not getting it. And over and over again, in my mind, I keep going back to this, and I know we've said this all week, and I think there's a reason for that. I think God wants us to remember we can't uh, know what God has for us until we know God. We can't, uh, and you know, so, so the Lord can get up there and preach and say, it's not about the Lord. It's not about this. It's not about that. Stop it. Get right. Get over it. But the truth is until you know, God, you can't get through this. You can't, you can't grasp this. You're handling this all wrong. And that's exactly what we got to understand today. We can't, know what God's plans are, how God works, until the Holy Spirit of God is in our hearts. And one of the things that I remember about the army is we were all forced, every single one of us were forced to get our hair cut. Every single one of us were forced to wear exactly the same uniform. Every single one of us were forced to do exactly the same physical training. Every single one of us had to fire a weapon. You see, we had to buy in the army, buy into it, to do all those things. If we didn't buy into the army and believe it was real, believe that we were going to save our country in a time of war, that we were going to be, you know, strength uh, um, through a strong military, strength through numbers, strength through preparedness, we bought into all that. Something happens when we leave like a United States Army, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, Space Force, whatever it may be, Navy, Mm -hmm. uh, and we believe, we buy into it. We say, man, we can see the Navy. We can touch it. It, we can feel it. Can I tell you something? I see God with my heart every time I'm reading his word. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit of God does a work in my heart. Every time I pray, I know I'm talking to God. Every time I, I get up against something, I know I'm talking to God. I know that there's something God's doing in my life. In a minute or so, uh, Kevin, wrapping this up, what comes to your mind? 
Yeah, God is is uh, everything that you're saying there. I thought it was interesting. The last thing that I I I read was he he said, "You shall die in your sins if you believe not that I am He." What a what a terrible way to die. They asked him in response in verse twenty five, "Who art thou?" You know, they still aren't getting. And he said, "Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning." You know, he just said, "I already told you." You know, let's go back to, to square one. You need you need to get square one. There's no shortcut. There's no plan B. Plan A is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you need to get that I am the light of the world until you accept who Jesus is. And uh, boy, that's where I want to be, Doug. I want to I want to get it at the beginning. And if I mess up, I'm going to go back to the beginning and not have to repeat the lesson again. I don't want to fail the test. I want to I want to learn from the beginning. There it is, friends. And remember, Jesus is the revealer of truth. That comes from God. Truth is God. And uh, folks, nail that down. The truth doesn't come from TV. It doesn't come from people you like. It doesn't come from you having a good day. It comes from God. We're so honored to be able to come across and look at these things and talk about them. We hope you have the greatest Friday ever. And hey, when you go out today with that smile that only God can give you, God bless. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.